Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. So here we go, getting back after love. And this is going to be the, the part three. Uh, we have talked about ideology, philosophy, feeling, thought. Uh, and in those, the last one, the feeling and the thought one, I infused the abstract and the timeless nature of love. So today, our next step is we're going to talk to uh, the, the concept of love as it relates to pain. Uh, I think for me to try to approach this one, uh, my best bet, uh, and this is what I'm going to attempt to do, is, is to attempt to discuss it through the lens of romantic love. Now, this, this one is not going to be about human sexuality. It's the idea of sort of the, the concept of falling in love, the, the basic relational aspect of love. That is done most heartily in the presence of uh, you know, a, a romantic relationship. And so that's what we're going to, we're going to venture down that path. Uh, hopefully by the end, you'll understand why I used this lens to dig into uh, the, the, uh, the problem that pain uh, creates in the story, in the narrative. Please remember uh, that I'm going to highlight this later, uh, but I'm probably not going to do a huge amount of detail on it, that Love is both an action and this more abstract thing that is feeling, thought, and so on. So I'll hit it one more time later, uh, but it's it's not a pure action. Um, when I talk about operant conditioning, that will ho- hopefully help that part sink in, okay? Uh, I'm setting that stage just because... I don't anticipate covering that in the huge in a huge amount of depth, um, but that way it rings true when you hear it. Hopefully, you'll catch it. There is not much in this world that stirs emotion like romantic love. The, the term that we use is eros. Uh, it's that um, that romantic partner type love. Uh, you know, there's there's these other terms I'm going to throw at you. Ludus, which is a playful flirtation, by the way, that often leads to that eros uh, feeling. That pragma, which is committed. Often when we seek a romantic relationship, the, the vast majority of the time when we invest, that that form of love also exists. And then philia. If we are going to be committed, it's going to be a friend relationship as well as a romance, as well as a flirtation, as well as a commitment and philosia. So there's different pronunciations. Some might have uh, heard a Um, It means the love of self. 
right? We can only love as deeply as we are allowing ourselves to be loved. So we have to have a certain level of appreciation and respect for ourselves in order to love most deeply. When you look at Eros, romantic love, and you start thinking about these other pieces, these other types of love, they all fall in there in the traditional sense of Eros, romantic love. Why do I bring that up? Because that is the complexity piece. When we look at romantic love, it is very close to the all encompassing agape love. Because if you look at it and you think about it in perspective, if you seek a relationship and you are both playful, committed, friends, and respectful and honoring of yourself, you may also be striving to become a parent, which is the other kind of love there is. That's storage. Um, it's the, the love as a parent. It's one of those types of love. And that all combined is agape, mankind, the love of mankind, of me, of you, of everybody. Now, I'm not claiming to have you know mastered any one of these. But for me personally, I have noticed how when I really focus on mankind of everybody, has something that's lovable about them. It's easier for me to go to all of these individual places. So the when I look at it and I'm thinking about trying to you know do a podcast on it, I'm going, well let's what's the way in? What's that doorway? Romantic love. Romantic love is the doorway uh, because it it's the most intense of them. Uh, for, for the vast majority of people, at least the vast majority of people that I encounter as a therapist. So the result of so much emotion or potential emotion has one really massive risk, pain, and a pain like no other. If you have ever been in love and lost that love, either to death or uh, to de- departure, right? Grown apart. Uh, it has dissolved, um, you know, behaviors that are, um, interfering, say like they cheated on you. You understand firsthand the pain, that immense pain that I talk about when you have gone to that vulnerable place of loving deeply in every possible way, you know, how at that given time, which by the way, Probably not that great. I say that not to put you down or to put me down. But understand, love is one of those things that it can develop over time. Our capacity to love can get better and better or worse and worse, depending on our approach. So as we dig into pain, if you hear of any of these spots and you you go, wow, I'm really stuck there, go work it out. Please go work it out because your capacity to love depends on your ability to work out the pain. And that leads me to why do we risk the pain to begin with? Why? Why even bother? Well, let's be real. 
Some of you have been so hurt that you don't let people in. You don't risk that pain. You keep things surfacy and superficial because you're afraid. You're scared. You don't want to encounter that pain again. So you numb yourself to it or you avoid it altogether. That's true. In short, the rest of us pursue it because it's worth it. It is worth the pain to develop the biggest bucket of love we can possibly develop, not only to have it filled, but to overflow and help others fill their buckets. So how do we know it's worth it? Well, that's a tough one. (laughs) But I'm going to take a shot at it. So hang in there with me. One reason that pain is worth it is because pain develops us as people. It helps us to grow. As we know our own vulnerabilities, we learn our true potential. Not the potential that we think we have, but our real, actual potential. Right? When pain hits us, do we curl up in the fetal position, crawl into the corner, and hide? Or do we stand back up and say, you know what? The beginning, it was love. The end was pain. But I'm going to go after it again because the love was worth the pain. And the idea of not having that love is potentially more painful than avoiding that pain. So it forces us to an enlarged capacity and ultimately, ultimately to agape love, which I will address directly, but not in this particular podcast. Second part that, that happens when we uh, look at the role of pain in our life is it creates a dependence. Now, this is not like codependence. Codependence is an unhealthy version of dependence. But there is a relational dependence that is beautiful and wonderful and good. It can be both with, um, if, if you believe in God, it can be with God. If, you know, if you're a, a people person, you can, you can get dependence with people that is good and healthy. It's the idea that you know your roles and you work together toward a common goal, a common objective. Some people find it in nature, right? The idea of uh, pantheism, right? That dependence on nature to provide. There's, there's a lot of challenges there, right? Well, you know, people for the last couple hundred years have really done a good job of mastering our, uh, our nature around us, right? Obviously, nature is very powerful, but we tend to, in most places now, have enough food and have technology and have more things than we actually need. We get a lot of stuff that we want, especially here in the United States. But that dependence, that relational dependence, the idea that when we suffer, we need somebody there to hold us. 
both emotionally, sometimes physically, and walk us through the thoughts that are going on in our head, those dark places that we can go. Man, there's nothing more beautiful, in my opinion. Well, there's there's a lot of beautiful things, let's be real. But it is especially beautiful to me when I see two people coming together to overcome something horrendous, something that is just by its own nature, just ugly, devastating, and, and torturous. Something like a couple overcoming cancer, right? Working together to fight it together. A family coming together over the loss of another family member and just saying, we're going to get through this. They do a ceremony and they hold each other. Physically, they hold each other. They cry together. They laugh and they, and they love together. That dependence is actually part of our design. It's good for us in certain circumstances. It forces conformity or rebellion. Now, I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to go into that operant conditioning piece. So just briefly, operant conditioning at the basic level is we move toward the reward and away from the punishment. And I bring that up because that is the action and the behavior of love. When we move toward the long-term reward, not the short-term reward, we move toward love. When we move at times toward the short-term reward, it can cost us long-term rewards, which is love. It can do that. So the beautiful thing about people is we have the capacity to see beyond the, the, the pain and the suffering of today and into, at the end of this, I will be a better person. I will grow and I will, I will become something that is um, more capable. And at the end, the reward is worth it. In the meantime, the suffering just has to happen. That is something that is just really, to me, it's very, very, very cool about people. We have the ability to look past the immediate down the road to see that maybe in this situation, going toward the immediate reward and relief isn't actually the right thing. Ask any addict, any addict, they have had to figure that one out. The fourth one I'm going to go into, this will be the last one when it comes to the role of pain that I'm going to cover today. And by the way, this is, I'm doing some diligence by breaking this up into pieces, but there's by no means am I covering it all. The last piece I'm going to cover for today is forgiveness and reconciliation. When we look at the role of pain, pain is designed in part to drive us toward a forgiveness and reconciliation process. What that means is when we suffer, we, we either need to be forgiven or we need to forgive and reconcile. 
Um, for those of you who don't know the difference between those two, I do have an older podcast, so I'm not going to go into them in great detail, where I do talk about forgiveness and reconciliation in much better detail. Um, but for today, we want to just highlight that that's one of the roles that pain serves. It is to drive us to that process where, where then once forgiveness and reconciliation or one or the other occurs, there is this blooming, this, this, um, this beautiful uh, story of love that develops out of that moment. So in summary, um, this is not going to be a super short summary, so hang in there with me. We often view pain through the lens of operant conditioning, but it's much more complex than that, and it's more useful than that single narrow view. When we look at the operant conditioning, we only see the here and now. But with love, we see the growth. We see that dependence, that loving dependence. And we see that forgiveness and reconciliation, not just the reward or the punishment. That's cool. I'm going to leave you with a story. A story that's going to capture two things. Well, it captures a lot of things. Let's be real. This is one of my one of my ultimate favorite stories. But it's going to capture two things I want you to hold on to today. One is love as a moral experience and love as a sacrifice. The story goes like this. There was an old man. This old man lived at the edge of town. And... Every morning, he would get up, and he would walk to town. And he was older, so he had his little cane, and he would just, he would just slowly walk into town. Well, this one day, as he was walking into town, he started to notice that there were more people than usual. And, of course, like anybody else, he was growing a little bit curious, like, is there something going on in town? Hang in there with me. This story does get a little weird at some parts, but you'll, I think you'll enjoy it at the end. So as he's walking into town, um, the crowd begins to grow and get bigger and bigger until he approaches, um, you know, getting closer to the center of town when all of a sudden the crowd is really big and he, he decides like he's going to ask somebody. And so as somebody comes by, he says, hold on, hold on. Hey, what's, what's going on? And the man says, well, in the center of town, right by the fountain, there is this young man and he has a perfect heart, the perfect heart. And the old man being curious, like old men do, thinks, huh, I better go check this out, see this perfect heart. And so he just continues to walk uh, down into town, headed toward the fountain and as he approached, the crowd gets thicker and thicker until, you know, they're, they're really shoulder to shoulder. And, you know, he does what any old man would do. And he just keeps on a walking, slowly meandering through the crowd. And, you know, people see him and they sort of, you know, they, they try not to bump him. So he gets, you know, the path clears a little bit for him. You know, he gets jostled a little bit, but he just meanders right down to the fountain where right before his eyes is this young man holding up a perfect heart. He's holding it up and the old man looks at the heart 
And there is not a blemish on it. No scratch, no scar, nothing. And the young man um, is just standing there as people are ooh and ah and just looking at this perfect heart. And the old man looks at it and says, uh, that's not a perfect heart. Nobody hears him. Yeah, they're just they're just in awe of this heart. And he so he <clears throat> clears his throat, says, That is not a perfect heart. <laughs> and at that the crowd begins to uh, make fun of him. Well, what are you talking about, old man? There isn't a blemish on that thing. It's perfect. There is nothing wrong with it. It's like got perfect proportions. There's no scratches. There's no bruises. There's no scars. That is the perfect heart. And the old man stands there and waits. And as the crowd settles down, the old man says, no, son, that is not a perfect heart. And at that, the young man begins to make fun of him. Old man, you must be crazy, blind, or something, because there isn't a flaw on this heart. And he puts it down closer to the old man's face. And the old man just looks at it and shakes his head. And after m- more crowd noise, making fun of him, picking on the old man, the old man simply reaches into his chest pulls out his heart and holds it up into the sky and says, son, that is a perfect heart. And with that, the crowd starts cracking up, laughing and making fun of him again, even more. And the the young man just laughs at him. And the old man does what an old man would do. He waits And as the crowd goes silent, the young man says, All right, all right, old man. You clearly have something to say. What is it? Kind of making fun of him. And the old man points at his heart at one of the little scars because this thing is mangled. It has got... It's got scars and wounds and like it, it is, it is ugly. And he says, young man, that scar, that one right there. And he points to this little tiny, like barely even noticeable scar, right? This, I mean, this thing has scars all over it. And he points to this tiny little one. He says that, that right there, I was about five years old and I fell off my bike. And that was the moment I realized that my parents could not protect me from everything. And then he points to another and he says, and that one, that one right there. Yeah, I was playing on the playground and the kids started making fun of me. Yep. I remember that. I was, I was alienated from the group and that hurt. That hurt a lot. And then he points to another one and he says, and that one right there. Yeah, that one. When, when I was in high school, I fell in love with a girl. Yep. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. And then that one, he points to another one. He said that is when I went to war 
and I learned that I didn't like shooting too much. I like people too much to want to shoot people. And I, I figured out killing isn't good. And you see that one right there? Yeah, that one? Yeah, that was uh, when I came back from war and the girl that I had when I left had broken up with me. And I was, I was alone again. And at this, the crowd had grown completely silent as he went through scar after scar after scar. Finally, the young man had the courage to ask a question. He saw this really big, gross, fresh-looking scar. And he points at it and he says, What was that one? And the old man, you know, tears welling up in his eyes, he says, You know that girl that I dated in high school? And the young man nodded. The old man said, Well, when I got back from war and I broke up with that girl, it wasn't too long after that uh, we found each other. And not too long after that, that we got married. But just last week, I lost her in a battle to cancer. And as you could imagine at this point, the crowd is completely silent. And the old man does what any old man would do. With tears welled up in his eyes, he takes his heart and he puts it back in his chest. And he grabs his cane that was leaning up against the fountain. And he slowly walks back to his house just outside of town. Love is very complex, folks. I don't know how much this hits you. I hope, I hope it helps you in some way. But love is very complex. And we cannot do it. We cannot do it well without some version of pain. It teaches us. It grows us. It helps us. So if you're out there and you're suffering right now, you may not find the perfect love right away. But find somebody who's willing. Find yourself a good counselor. Find yourself a good friend. Find yourself a good church. Find what you're seeking. Growth. And the ability to love others and even yourself more deeply. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives. Make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 